There is a saying, either go big or go home. Well, today we're going to go big. Uh, we're going to start off today by going big. I want to start off by asking a very big, big question, really a question that's pretty profound to try to even put your head around. The question is this. I want you to think about this this morning. What is the greatest name, the greatest title given to Jesus? Wow, talk about a hard, hard question to think about. That's really pretty nuts. What is the greatest name? And really, it's just depending on your perspective. What is the, the greatest name, the greatest title that could be given, that has been given to Jesus? Now, I was thinking about that, and, and you can run through the, the list of names. Messiah. Is that the greatest name? The anointed one of God, Messiah. Lord, Master. Showing his place, the place that he holds. The book of Romans says if you profess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. Maybe it's the, the name Lord. What about King? He is the risen King. He is the reigning King. In the book of Revelation it says he is the, the King of all kings. It, it shows his place. It shows his royalty. It shows his majesty. He is ruling and reigning glorious as king, King Jesus. Maybe, maybe it is king. Is it the lamb of God? The lamb of God who comes in perfection and takes away our sin. What, what a beautiful name. The, the lamb of God. Is it one of the titles from, from Revelation? He's the, the Alpha and the Omega, meaning he's before all, he's after all, he is first, he's last, he is eternal. The Alpha and the Omega, he's eternal. Is it the Word? The Word. And the Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the book of Revelation it says, he is the Word of God. Is it the words? That is his greatest title. Or is it light? Also from the Gospel of John, he is the light. He is the light of the world. He's the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. He is the light that casts off darkness. Is it Jesus is the light? Is that it? Or is it the righteous judge? Maybe not one we think about a lot, but that is the one who upholds justice, who upholds perfect justice and establishes it forever. Is it the righteous judge? Is it truth? He is called, in fact, he calls himself the truth. In Revelation, it says he is the one that's faithful and true. Jesus is the truth. What about the, the names from Isaiah? Wonderful Counselor. Think about that. Wonderful Counselor. Or what about Prince of Peace? All of the chaos and all of the strife and all of the hurt in the world, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He comes to give peace, not as the world gives. He says, I give to you. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the greatest name. The, the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Maybe it's the bridegroom, the bridegroom that's coming for his bride. Even so, Jesus, come quickly. Maybe it's the bridegroom. 
Or what about from last week, the name Savior, Jesus as the Savior, Jesus my Savior. I have no hope of salvation outside of Jesus. Maybe it's the name, the title, Savior. I do not think there is an answer. He is all of those things. And I want to tell you, I need all of those things. I love all of those things. I do not think there is an answer. But today I want to look at one of those names, one of those names that we generally only see this time of the year, but it is a name with so much depth, a name with so much meaning, with so much promise that we really cannot grasp that. And I, and I want to tell you, I truly believe that. We really cannot grasp the depth of this name. And that is the name today, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Our message today is entitled, God with us. God with us. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 1, beginning here today in the 18th verse. God's word says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we are astonished to handle such profound truth today. We come today and we're in awe of the, the living and active word of God that reveals our Savior, Jesus, to us. I come today and I tell you, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. We adore you. I come and now as we begin to study your word, I pray that it would truly be a supernatural event, that you would speak to the hearts of your people today. I, I pray for some here that do not know Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that in this day, in this urgent hour, that they might put their faith in our Lord Jesus, stir in their hearts. I pray for us today who are believers. I pray that we would have a renewed sense of passion, sense of understanding, sense of awe and worship over Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
Let's look at our verses very quickly. Starting again back in the 18th verse. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. This is a big Big verse. There's a lot to see here in this 18th verse. There is really a lot revealed here in this 18th verse. It starts off and it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Jesus is the name that means God saves. God's salvation. God saves. Christ means Messiah or anointed one, marked one. And so it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. The word birth has the same Greek root word used for genealogy in verse 1. Back up and look at verse 1 with me if you would. Verse 1 starts off and it says, The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. That word there, it comes from the root word of Genesis. It means the coming forth place or the origination. And so understand, both verse 1 and verse 18 start out the same. Verse 1 says, the record of the birth or genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Verse 18 starts off, now the birth or genealogy of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now, both of these verses, the first verse and the 18th verse, both start off the same. Now, that is a big thing. That is a big deal. Remember that. Both of these verses start off the same way. Then the rest of verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, when Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Now, I want you to understand this. This is not like our engagement period. Sometimes it, we say, well, it's just like our engagement. And we understand it in that concept. It is not like our engagement. Their marriage process took place in two parts. First, they were betrothed, which meant at that time, they were legally married. When we get engaged, we're not legally married. When, when they were betrothed, they were actually counted as legally married. They are husband and wife. But they did not live together as husband and wife. They stayed separate. Most of the time, most likely, she would stay with her parents. Then after some time, generally at least a year after this time had passed, they would have the wedding feast, and that could last for several days. And part of the wedding ceremony, the wedding feast, the bridegroom would then come and receive his bride. And then, at that point, they would come together and they would live as husband and wife. Well, the Bible says during this time that they were betrothed, Mary was found to be with child, and the child was by the Holy Spirit. Now this is deep. I'm going to try my best here, but let me just tell you, this, this is deep. Verse one 
and verse 18 start the same. See what has happened. See, this is still telling of the origin of Jesus as revealed as the Messiah, the Savior Christ. Be sure of that. This is still telling of the origin of Jesus as revealed as the Messiah, the Savior Christ. You see, for 17 verses, it is told of his human genealogy. And now in one part of one verse, it is told now of his divine genealogy. For 17 verses, it is listed his human origin. Now here in one verse, it is given his divine origin. For 17 verses, it is proclaimed that he is the son of man. Now in one verse, it is proclaimed he is the son of God. And we see here the full development of who Jesus is as the Messiah. Understand, he is fully man, and at the same time, he is fully God. Now, did you hear that this morning? He is fully man, and at the same time, he is fully God. Be sure and understand, he's not God dwelling in a human, but in Jesus, he is God as a human. And so here in Matthew chapter 1, in verses 1 through 18, we have the revelation of the God-man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now, good grief, that's deep. Good grief, that's, that's miraculous. If we were to try to explain that, we'd write 10 volumes. It's done in 18 verses. That's That's miraculous. Good grief, that's awesome. Our Savior is fully man and he is fully God. Now let's be honest here. That's hard to get. That's hard to wrap your head around, isn't it? That's hard really to, to comprehend. I wonder if his parents ever just looked at him. He was born. He was a baby. We, we held him, but he's God. Do you ever think they just had to, they had to just sit there and look at him? Let's, let's see. He, he just ate supper. He's, he's gone to bed, but he, he's God. God didn't clean his plate. I wonder if sometimes by the campfire, the disciples ever just looked at him. Hmm. I wonder if they ever, they ever just looked at him. I wonder if anybody, all these guys sitting around and, and, and they're close to Christ, they're close to Jesus. I wonder if anybody ever, ever got the courage up one evening after, after suppers or sitting there just, just to ask him, uh, can you tell us about that? Can, can, can you tell us really, really who you are? Well, in my humanity, I came to save men. Oh, but in my divinity, I stand in flesh as the creator of men. You see, in my humanity, I was born in Bethlehem. Oh, but let me tell you, in my divinity, I am eternal without a beginning or an end. You see, in my humanity, I am the descendant of our father Abraham. Oh, but let me tell you, my divinity, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In my humanity, 
I'm legally able to take the throne of my father David. Oh, but in my divinity, I'm the gracious God of my son David who called me his rock and his redeemer. In my humanity, you see me fish in the Sea of Galilee. Oh, but in my divinity, I spoke into existence the fish and the seas. In my humanity, you've seen me as we've traveled around. I read the scrolls of the word of God. But in my divinity, in my divinity, make no mistake today, I am the word of God. Understand Jesus Christ is fully human and he is fully divine. And as such, as profound as that is for us to understand, he is our savior, the God man. Go big or go home. Verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, verse 19 is very telling of the character of Joseph. He can see that she's pregnant. It's clear. It's about to get clearer. He has four choices of what he can do. And I, and I thought about his choices here. He, he could act like the baby is his, but that would be a disgrace to both of them, also himself, they weren't to come together during this time. He could act like it's his, but, but that would be a lie. That would be an attempt to cover it up. The Bible says he's a righteous man. He wasn't willing to do that. He can call for her death. That was still the legal remedy. Those laws were still on the books. He, he could have called for her death. She has disgraced me. She's brought this to me, and I'm calling for her death. It would have been an infrequent thing, but those were the laws on the books. He could publicly shame her and divorce her. He could call for that, a public shaming of her, a public announcement of, of, of what has happened here, and he could publicly divorce her. He could have done that. That might have been the most common thing. Or he could privately divorce her and send her away. He could let her quietly leave the situation. Now, Bible says being a righteous man, being a right acting man and a right hearted man, that was his choice. Now I want you to know that's before an angel ever talks to him. As a righteous man, he doesn't want to hurt her. He, he is surely heartbroken, but he doesn't want to have her killed. He doesn't want to have her publicly shamed. And so he has rationalized and reasoned in his mind. He would send her away quietly. He's a good man, verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It says, but when he had considered this. Now, what it means is he had contemplated this, and he had decided. He really had made his decision. Verse 19 says he planned to send her away. And so after he has contemplated this, after he's made his decision to send her away quietly, then the Bible says an angel appears and says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. An angel appears in a dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 now goes and it further reveals, or really it further explains this divine genealogy of Jesus. The child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Again, the divine genealogy is being further revealed here. This child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice this. It is a clear presentation. There's no guessing here. It is a clear presentation. Notice this. He is never called the father. Joseph is never called the father. He is the legal father, yes, but he's never called the physical father. That's why he's going to send her away. He wasn't physically the father. Listen to this. Galatians chapter four, verse four says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, not of a man, not physically of Joseph or of any other man. See this, it's also very interesting. In Genesis chapter three, verse 15, God is talking to the serpent. God is talking to Satan. And he says this, listen very carefully. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Do you see how it's fitting together? The Messiah is the seed of the woman. Jesus is the seed of the woman, book of Galatians. Jesus is the seed of Mary. Now here in Matthew, it is developing here in front of our eyes the truth of Jesus. Verse 21, she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now see this in verse 21. See what is being revealed here. This marked Messiah, the son of Abraham, the son of David, the prophet, the priest, and the king, the one that is born of a woman, the one that is born of a virgin, he will be the Savior from God. Listen to me, because he is the Savior himself as God. That's what's being revealed here. He will be God. Verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now all of this, all of this. Now what is it talking about here? Born in a manger, born out behind the inn. There's no room in the inn. Born and visited by the shepherds. That's the truth of it all, but that's not what it's talking about. Now all of this, now all of this is this. It is talking about the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus. That's what it's talking about. All of this is talking about the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus, that she was with child and that it was by the Holy Spirit and it was made clear and announced by an angel. All of this is referring to the miraculous virgin birth of Jesus. Verse 23, here we go. 
I'm going to read 22 again. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and she shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Go big or go home. Here we go. Stay with me. All of this, all of this has come to pass so that what the prophet says has come to pass. All of this, that the virgin would be with child. All of this, that the virgin would bear a son. And that that son, in the first 22 verses, he would be identified as the Messiah. That he would be identified as Jesus Christ. That he would be marked in all of these ways. And now here in verse 23, that that marked person, that Messiah, would also be able to be called Emmanuel. In fact, it says he will be called Emmanuel. The Messiah is called, listen, Jesus Christ is called Emmanuel which translates God with us. Jesus is the Messiah, 22 verses. Jesus is the Savior, 22 verses. And now Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel, verse 23. Jesus is God with us. Picture something. Picture in the book of Genesis, the Garden of Eden. Picture the garden there, and it's perfect. Can you imagine? We, we see beautiful things now, but they're, they're, they're marred by sin. Can you imagine the, the perfection of the garden, garden, the beauty of the garden? No stain of sin. No consequence of sin. No death is entered in. Can you imagine the beauty of the garden there? Can you imagine what it must sound like in the garden? Can you imagine what it must look like in the garden? Can you imagine what it must be to walk in fellowship with God? The Bible says he came in the cool of the morning to walk with his people. Can you imagine what it was to be in fellowship, in full fellowship with God and to, to talk to him in the, the perfection of the garden, absent of sin? book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, they sin. They sin. The consequences of sin now enter in. Picture this. They are put out of the garden. God's creation. They're put out of the garden. Can you imagine that? They're, they're put out of the garden. Oh, but, but when they stop in the evening, they remember the garden. When they work all day and they take a break, oh, I remember the garden. They watch now as they begin to age. And they begin to decay and there's now pain in their bodies and they, they remember it didn't used to be this way. I remember the garden, it didn't used to be this way. And then they watch their family and they see trouble now as it enters into their family and they see Jealousy, and they see anger, and they see pride, and they see it in their own kids. They see it in themselves, and they see the heartache now of sin, and, and they remember, oh, it didn't used to be this way. It didn't used to be this way. And they remember the garden. They watch the process of death. 
And they watch as one son kills another son. Can you imagine the heartache of that? And they, they watch now the process of death and, and death after death and grave after grave. Oh, it didn't used to be like this. And they remember the garden. Can you imagine the regret? It didn't used to be like this. They remember the garden. Can you imagine the regret? And more than all of that, they remember their kind friend. God, yes, he's God, creator, yes, marvelous, powerful, holy, glorious God, yes. But they remember their friend. They remember his love. They remember his kindness. They remember the joy of just, just being in his presence. Can you imagine in fellowship with God, they remember the joy. They remember their friend. It didn't used to be like this. Oh, it didn't used to be like this. Oh, that we could be like that again. Oh, that we could undo our sins. Oh, that we could remove the stain of our sins. Oh, that we could be in fellowship with God. Oh, that God would be with us again. They remember the garden. Isaiah says the same thing. Oh, oh, that God would rend the heavens, that he himself would come down. Oh, that we'd be in fellowship with him again, that he would be with us. And since sin, that's the cry of mankind. And behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. In Jesus, God is with us. As Emmanuel, he comes to set it right. Listen to Revelation chapter 21. Beginning in verse three, it says this. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Oh, I remember the garden. Oh, I remember the garden. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself and, and he shall be his people and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there no longer be any death, no longer any mourning and crying or pain for the former things have passed away forever. Emmanuel. God with us through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come through this truth. And it really, Lord, is knee-buckling to understand that the virgin birth is not a thing to debate with liberal theologians. It's the truth that gives us God with us. And I'm so thankful that Jesus, my Savior, has a human genealogy. And I'm so thankful that we can check off the box. He's the son of Abraham. He's the son of David. But I'm thankful that my Savior has a divine genealogy. And that he's the son of God fit to save his perfect nature. 
And as best I can, I worship. Best understanding I have of my Savior, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Come now and pray, Lord, as we conclude this service that you have spoken to us. I trust that you have. I pray that we would be forever changed in our hearts and, and we would draw closer to you today. We would leave in all of you today. Emmanuel, God with us through Jesus. I pray for some here today that do not know our Lord and our Savior. Pray that today in the preaching of your word and the hearing of your gospel, the drawing of your spirit, that they might put their faith in Jesus today. Lord, we lay this all at your feet. It's your truth. We tell you, we worship you today. I worship you today. Moving our time of invitation. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.